Hello and welcome back to Remember This, a nostalgia podcast where we revisit all the things that made the 90s and noughties brilliant. From kids TV shows to niche movies, toys, games and everything in between her. My name's Matt Bentley-Viney and I am joined today by... Gemma Bentley-Viney. How are you doing? You had a good week? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, had a pretty good week. We uh, hosted a quiz for our friends. That was basically an excuse for you to wear your new suit, wasn't it? I have got a, um, I have this really nice pink, like, corduroy. suit, I would call it. It's not a lounge suit, it's dressy, how dare you? What's the difference between a lounge suit and a... A lounge suit, it's like a posh word for pyjamas. Oh, no, well, I didn't mean that. I meant lounge suit. suit. You know, like, what Alex Turner is wearing in that picture there? He's wearing a white tuxedo. Well, I consider that like a lounge suit. No, that is very much a white tuxedo. Oh, okay. So, well, I retract my statement then. But I've been wanting to buy it for ages and ages and ages, and it finally went into sale, and um, no one can see it. But it, it was so it was nice to like actually. So it get coincided dressed. with. Oh, I think we should host a quiz so lots of people can see my new suit. No, it was because um, obviously I've been furloughed, so I thought I just I've been looking for things to do. Oh, it was really good though. I wore a tie. Yeah, we both I got wore dressed a shirt up. Shirt and tie. I'd recommend that actually if you're feeling if you're struggling this week put on a proper outfit that you like i mean i did have shorts on still but yeah. i feel like that's completing the the old furlough lifestyle isn't it well you're not furloughed but matt looked like the guy from school of rock oh god yeah i did yeah you did oh dear you did we started watching the tv show normal people which we've been really enjoying and we've been just been doing i've been doing some crafts and some diy yeah the diy has been tricky hasn't it I'm trying to like wallpaper, upcycle uh, my like dressing table. That's actually a bar cart from Gumtree. And it's actually not that easy. Well, we didn't have the stuff for it. So it's well, taken a people, long time. When they realize they don't have the stuff, they don't commence with the project. But we were like, no, we can do this. We can get through it. We've got a really good episode for you guys today. It's actually on the theme of crafting. Because Gemma, you failed to mention as well. We've been watching Kirsty Allsop's. Yes. Craft and carry on, which <laughs> I, has actually been pretty good. How relaxing is it? So I've been trying to engage in quite a few kind of social distancing, kind of corona related TV shows, just because it's very weird. And hopefully we won't experience this again in our lifetime. So I'm quite liking kind of watching a few shows but having to be a lot more creative with the formatting well i think it's nice to watch something during this kind of pandemic but it not be news-based yes you know it's entertainment it's very kind of quintessentially british it's very like kitsch and kind of cozy and it's kirsty Olsop in her lovely country home oh it's so sweet making like her little kids are helping oh it's oh her kids are and he was so really cute. good and she was really proud of him and i was like oh he's done such a good job and um making things with stuff around their garden and around the house so kind of really making sure you're not having to buy anything in to do things um so i've been enjoying that also i've been enjoying rich d grant's daily instagram with nail and i quotes i'm enjoying that too but on the theme of crafting this episode is a crafty episode because we are going to talk about mr neil buchanan's art attack it's very good and something Gemma found in the the recesses of the internet called jigsaw well we've been doing a lot of you know jigsaws puzzles and 
so obviously Art Attack we all know and love and um, 90s kind of kids probably aren't aware of the show called Jigsaw. I think it ran like late 70s to the early 80s. And um, yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah, so we're looking forward to diving into that later and giving you all nightmares. But without further ado, Gemma, would you like to introduce Art Attack? This is an Art Attack? This is an Art Attack? This is Art Attack! Art Attack is a British children's television series revolving around art. Currently hosted by Lloyd Warby on Disney Junior, it originally aired on CITV and was hosted by Neil Buchanan from 1990 to 2007. Buchanan also wrote and produced the series and came up with the majority of the creative ideas. I think first things first, it was really lovely, wasn't it? It was. It went so quickly. It was honestly, I, I didn't even finish my cup of tea. So did you watch a lot of Art Attack when you were growing up? Were you one of those dancing around to the theme tune and you got your paint pots and everything? I never danced around to the theme tune, but I loved Art Attack. I had the Art Attack annual. I was very much into arts and crafts as a child though. I loved draw. I was always awful at it, but I really... It's something I really enjoyed doing and really loved. I bet you weren't awful at it. Oh, I wasn't good. You're quite arty. No, I was always, one of my A-level teachers actually said to me, you know, I've got very good taste, but I just can't produce it. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, fair enough. The ideas are there, but on on paper, it doesn't always work out for me. Rewatching the show, actually, it did give me some sort of relief in the sense that growing up, it was so frustrating because it did used to go really fast. And you just sort of think... It's not like a paint-along show. It is, and like we sort of said, the TV show, when we rewatched it, it went so quickly. And I remember it being like that growing up because I remember having like a notepad and pen and like trying to like write down what he's saying because- Oh, like a script. Yeah, well, not like, it was literally like, okay, what do I do first? Okay, what do I need? And he does it so quickly because obviously you're trying to retain a child's attention span, which is quite short. And so it wasn't a kind of a case of where you could kind of, draw along or paint along with him and it was the same with kind of smart as well and fingertips they do do it very quickly and I remember being so relieved when it kind of started doing that thing where you can go on the website and they would have all the instructions there because I used to and my mum used to get annoyed about it as well when it's like right what do they need to do and I'm like well you couldn't rewind things back then either really or pause it or pause it so it was a case of flash this before your eyes no, and then you that's try and the website, it. that's where the website comes in handy isn't it yeah but it took ages to go online back in those days oh, you have to dial up set it all up turn the pc on it was a lot of effort whereas now you could just go on your phone back in the stone age <laughs> so it was quite weird obviously re-watching it and being like oh it is quick i think also the not recipes but the the methods for all of them are quite complicated as well you need to have quite a lot of stuff the ones we watched, the only one that was um, simple was the uh, the wax art in between each segment. But even then, it didn't say what ingredients you needed. That's just wax. So that's where you draw you draw a picture with wax. What's wax? Like candle like wax. Like candle wax. Yeah, and then when you paint over it, obviously it creates like a secret picture. Because you can't see it because it's like see-through white, but you could really. And then you like paint over it and it shows it all up. Oh, well, that is quite easy then. Yeah. And well, he always it was always like PVA glue yeah poster paints newspaper poster paints are they the ones where you got the little palette and no got... it was always those big tubes of paint oh okay like the big 
because I have a real memory um, when we were watching it, it all came flooding back of having the like, it's like a briefcase, but for art. Yeah, so I had. I had quite, I had some really nice ones growing up. And, I missed and mine. you open it up and you've got a little circular hole for each of the different paints. So sorry yeah. if I'm sounding like I a mean, it is, just, it is just like a painting set. <laughs> you're, you're describing. Oh, a painting set. That's painting what it is. Set. No, that's what it is. And um, yeah, I just really remember just dabbing it in all the different paint bits. You remember painting? No, because like, because <laughs> as an adult, and you all the paint brushes, do you remember those no, kids? No, but wait, I mean, I, there is a, a point to this. Like as an adult, you obviously, you only really choose a couple of paints if you're painting the walls and stuff. So you get like a big bucket of it. I didn't realize you could get it in such small quantities, but it could be literally like a little circular dab of it. Well, yeah. No, but I didn't, I has that blown your mind? Yes, it has. Like, well, when I went into Farrow and Bull, they, oh, you can get the little samples. No, but they weren't selling a little like no they thing of it, like I'm, the little dabby bits. I'm surprised they haven't. I bet that would be quite a good thing oh, I mean, now. It'd be a lot easier for us doing the DIY stuff we've been doing. Well, no, because you wouldn't be able to. That's like to paint a birthday card. No, no, no. You couldn't do any <laughs> DIY with it, Matt. Not a birthday card. You could do the touching up no. and you could do all the like fiddly bits. I think it would do really well though if at the moment they create like a Farron Ball painting kit and it was like a little painting palette. Nah, they'll be fine because so many people are doing DIY at the moment and yeah. doing that so they don't need to, do they? That is true. That is true. So in Architect, there's a formula to each episode and it usually starts with kind of like a, a medium art attack. And then you've got the talking head who kind of like helps you with some of the like... Yeah, the head's basically there to do like a little recap of um, what we've just seen really and what we need to make it. And then they kind of show another art attack, which is a little bit more kind of on a medium level. It's a little bit more difficult. Yeah, they, and then they have the, the big art attack. Yes. Which is the way it's outside. He's gone to a new location. Yes. Sometimes he does it inside as well, I remember. But he's but normally not in the scale. studio. Yeah. He's normally on a, on a really big scale. And then you, in between the segments, you have like a um, two-second art attack. Two-second art attack. And then he also does the segment where he shows our art attacks and what we've been making at home. Oh, it was really lovely. So in the episode we watched, the first art attack was Stuffed Animals. And he makes not stuffed animals because that implies dead animals. No, he, was... he made lots of he made lots of stuffing jokes, which is a bit weird. But it's not a stuffed animal because that makes it sound like it's um, taxidermy. taxidermy. It's not, not that. that. It was like paper mache and drawing things, and then you can make them three D. Yeah, that was it. It was more like three D. He did a lot of stuffing jokes, which threw me off a bit. But he created a lion, and all you needed was some poster paint and some PVA glue, and you draw out your character but what i love because i'm not very good at drawing at all but he showed how to draw the lion yeah it's very interesting so he always does that thing i feel like a lot of i feel like not all artists do this but tv artists what, do definitely circles? do no, it's where you don't start off with like the obvious thing they're not like we're going to start off doing the outline of the head and you would know oh that's a lion it would start off like doing the eyes before <laughs> anything else so you don't always know what it's going to be and you're like oh it's a lion but you can't really tell from when he's kind of started off drawing it kind of in the way yeah in the way he draws it basically and the way you make that is you do kind of two outlines of the lion you staple the bottom and then you scrunch up bits of new other newspaper inside you staple it all around it and then you paint it it looked really good to be fair to him it did but also what annoys me about those tv shows is 
is almost unobtainable to the person at home. Because well, he's, he's a professional. He's so good at drawing where he made it look so simple. And it made me think, oh, I could do that now if I wanted. But I knew if I sat down and tried to do it, it, it wouldn't would be look an the impossible same. task. It wouldn't look the same. And he has the felt tips. That was another thing, actually. I used to have loads of felt tips. Did yeah. you? Like I'd have a whole um, pencil case full of them. And they never, and they never ever worked. No, they always go dry. Yeah. They always go dry really quickly. So he, he did that, which was really cool to be fair, actually. And that was about five five minutes? Yeah, because it's only a 20-minute show. He packs a lot in. He, he does, does a lot of different arty things. Also, the whole tone of it is really calming and yeah. lovely. Like, I felt so relaxed watching it. He's Scouse. I'd forgotten that. I didn't know yeah. he was a Scouser. And he's got a lovely, very kind of softly kind of Liverpudlian accent. And he does something that not a lot of TV presenters actually do. You know, we either get that really high energy, come on guys. Well, he managed to do it in between. He got a really perfect in between where it was kind of quite soft, very calming. And it was a very kind of like nurturing tone. Like he, mm. when he actually introduced um, the kids artworks, he did like um, a little acting pause. He's like, cause he was looking at the art and he was just looking at it in silence, like through this book before he showed, you know, on the screen. And I was like, oh, is he going to like make a mean joke? And I don't know why I thought he might. And he's like, they're so good, I'm speechless. And he <laughs> said it so genuinely, it warmed my heart. I was genuinely like, oh, he's really pleased. Oh, he's really proud of and them. the fact we know that he actually wrote the episodes too. It's very sweet, isn't it's it? It's very, very sweet. Very, very, he came across so genuine. And he had this nice big crew neck kind of jumper yeah, on. Yeah, the Art Attack with, jumper, with classic. With a, uh, a polo shirt underneath yeah. coming out the top of it. And I was like, oh, it's like he's his own school uniform. It was, he was very much like a kind of very nice school teacher that was very much how he came across and i do think because neil buchanan you know there's not many actually no i would say there's actually quite a few tv presenters from childhood that we know by their full names but um you know obviously everyone jokes oh yeah what a legend and stuff like that but he's the one i've actually been most impressed by skill wise yeah because if you think about all the other kids tv shows smart and fingertips smart was three of them fingertips it was fern and stephen mulhern and even when it was like obviously Ant and Deck and Cat Dealey, Dick and Dom, it's always normally in kind of groups of two at least. Yeah. He was completely on his own. There was no audience, no children there. You know, when Angelica Bell did 50-50, she obviously had the children to talk to, the children to kind of bounce off. Whereas he had absolutely nobody. It was just him. So for him to come across so sincere and so engaging when it was just him and the art supplies... He did such a good job. He did. And the so he said how the segments in between, it was a wax painting he was doing. He did a really clever one where it was using dirty brown paint. You thought this yeah. one was... Matt, we literally went, oh, wow. Well, this is the next <laughs> one. So this is like a medium art attack. And he was saying how, oh, yeah, you hate when you've got the leftover paint water and it's all boggy and dirty and like murky brown colour. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I do hate that, actually. That is really annoying. <laughs> And he managed to create some art with it where it was like a sepia painting to make it look like it's from the olden days. Yeah. And I was like, normally when you're at school, everyone got told to do this. It was use a tea bag, wasn't it? To make oh, it go yeah. back colour. And you do like a sepia picture like that. But that's wasting good tea, that is. Well, <laughs> I mean, you would think that, yeah. yeah. But what he did, so he drew out a scene to begin with, which was, I think it was a backdrop, like a London backdrop. Yeah, he did a beautiful kind of line drawing of a cityscape. 
And he then used the murky water to go over it. He dabbed it all over it mm. and like painted it all in. So it looked kind of like that. And he went then, darker as each went yeah, on. Yeah, all he would do is add, shadows. He add different layers using the darker paints. So whereas at the beginning it's very diluted because it's just the dirty paint water, he then make it more and more brown to use like to add in the definition. It was amazing. It was. I think my favourite art attack from the show oh, was from this episode. Yeah, it was the maze. The maze was good. No, but the maze was over. This was so doable, whereas the maze was really overcomplicated and you needed loads of stuff. It was like, oh yeah, just go to any old shop. They will have clay. It was like, go, clay. To, the, go to the news agent. So they, they will not have self-drying clay no, or if you think it about it, the news agent near us growing up, I used to get VHSs from there. You could get like little jewelry kits from clay? there. Did you get clay you from there? You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. But well, describe what it was he did though. With the so maze. he created like a marble maze. So you got this kind of self-setting clay and you drew in with a pencil or like the end of a pencil or an end of a paintbrush. You start point and your finish point. And obviously you then draw your first bit. That's like the winning route. And then you do the other ones coming off it. And then once you've kind of done your outline, you get the end of a spoon like, and you like dig it out. A plastic spoon, which I was disappointed to see. It was a plastic. I know, like, but it's oh, a yeah, difference. Oh yeah, go and get your plastic spoon. I was like, what, do we all just have plastic lying around? Well, now I think it'd be Come even- Come on, Neil. I think now it'd be even more so interesting to see these sort of shows and how they're working now kind of with sustainability is so much more of a focus for us. Because I think, well, now it'd all be the same because it'd be like, recycle these things, recycle yeah. this, recycle that. And that is actually one good thing, you know, using your old newspaper to make kind of the 3D lion. Yeah, he did do that to be fair. So you then dig out your kind of maze and then you get a paintbrush and a bit of water and you like smooth down all the edges so you make it look all nice. You wait for it to dry. And then you painted it some really nice colours, some of them. Like did. some Wes Anderson style colours. And then you obviously did the classic green. And you write start and you write finish on your little sections. And then you can put a little marble in it. And you can like... Do it. It's like one of those games you used to have where, well, yeah, you have to... It's like a little maze and you've got to jiggle it to get it And he also said something which I thought was really sweet where he was like, oh, and you can even do races against yourself. So you time yourself how quickly you can do it all. And I was like, oh, like... That's really, because like, that's good for lonely people. <laughs> like normally it'd be like, yeah, play against your friends, guys. And if that was actually maybe like smart fingertips, it would be Stephen and Fern, let's race each other, Fern. Whereas with him, because he's on his own, he's like, oh yeah, I could do a little stopwatch and see how quickly I do it, see if I beat it next time. And I was like, oh, Neil. Neil Buchanan just holds together the whole show, doesn't he? Because then he was doing the big art attack. And the big art attack was pretty special. He's out in a castle yeah. somewhere and it, they've set the scene really nicely where it's like a, in a medieval time yeah. and there's candles everywhere and he realizes oh, there's a dragon loose. So then he goes outside in the big lawn and he makes a dragon out of uh, like curtains. And this stuff. is what I think is really funny because growing up, I always thought it was like you have to guess what he was doing for the big art attack because you'd never see well, it. Some of them it was. Yeah. Some of them it was like I that. Think, this one wasn't. No, I think it was for all of them. I just think we were stupid. No. Because I remember thinking, oh, it was always really fun guessing what he's going to be making. You're like, what is it? Like, oh, I think it's going to be soldiers. And like, oh no, it was a decoy. It's actually a dragon. Where in this one, we saw him and you're like, oh, what's he going to be creating? Oh, it's all medieval. Then you see him look at a book. The book literally has a massive picture of a dragon. He then goes to himself, dragon. <laughs> yeah. 
And then he makes a dragon. Oh no, I hope you're not right. I hope and then that's you not... don't see it. Because I remember that as well. Every episode and you have to try and guess what like, he's doing. What is it going to be? And he'll do like, he'll do the little decoys where you'll think, oh, it looks like it's going to be this. And then you're like, no, it's something and else it entirely. And pans out and he's done a dragon. And he always kind of uses, yeah, like sheets and curtains. And... So is the point of the big art attack, because obviously kids can't do that. You know, kids can't this recreate. Looks impressive, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, do you reckon it's just I think the, you the could showcase? Though. Like, imagine if I was an art teacher at school, I would like use like the PE hall and be like, right, we're going to create a big art attack. The only thing we ever used the PE hall was for those. Do you remember that really weird game where you would go underneath the like the big thing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The big um, colorful, colorful. What is it? What like a blank? Not like a duvet or something. That not was always duvet. a fun thing. What is that though? Like I a parachute. Know. I yeah, think that's a parachute. Was it. And then you just run underneath it. Yeah, that was what was the fun. game? You I just know. do it. And we you all just loved run it, though. <laughs> we all enjoyed it, and we all know what you're talking about. But I don't understand what the point of it was. You just run around underneath it. I mean, is that it? I think that is it. Oh, God. Is There's it. so many things unanswered from childhood. I'm like, why did that happen? What were we doing? What was True. the point? I, I'm pretty certain that the big art attack is you guess what it is. And you're like, it's a dragon. But he actually did tell us right before. Oh, dragon. And I mean, there's, so you got this version of Neil Buchanan doing this art attack show. And then I'm not sure because I didn't realize until we did the research. But... Neil Buchanan has an alias. He has an alter ego where he's in a heavy metal band. I knew that. I always used to see it kind of on like BuzzFeed articles. Like you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't believe what the guy from Art Attack's doing now. So he is part of a band called Marseille, which originally formed in 1976. I will say it makes his band sound very posh, calling it a heavy metal band. Oh yes, Marseille. They dropped their debut album, Red, White and Slightly Blue. In 1978. So oh, you're sticking with him. the art theme. So we did that before. Yeah. And back before like X Factor and Pop Idol. I mean, this shows, I mean, pop, no, pop idols already vintage. Marseille won the UK Battle of the Bands and were judged by musical royalty, Queen Legends, Brian May and Roger Taylor. That is amazing to be fair, because I bet there was a really good prize yeah. for it too. Neil plays lead guitar and sings backing vocals in the band. bless him i mean i think that's so lovely that he can do both because yeah. a lot of people struggle with that they're not secure enough in their own personalities mm. to be able to just think like you know he's entertaining children and then he's doing the whole heavy metal thing and he wasn't trying to kind of do a raven or be you know like a lot of kids tv presenters tried quite hard to be cool and i mean that's not raven's fault that's the whole show i mean that it? no but like you know you'd often get those ones and it'd be like yeah this, you know with the cool ones i used to find that a lot with the presenters you know in between all the tv shows t4 was obviously a oh, big yeah, one T4 for that one funny. t4 used to always do but, that you know between the tv shows and they'd have someone being like right and next up we've got fingertips and then after that guys guess what was going on then it's news round yeah they do do that cool well and... you know who one of them the guy who's dating Laura Whitmore 
and is the voiceover. Is that his name? Ian Sterling? I think it's Ian Sterling. He's a voiceover for Love Island. He used to be a kids' TV presenter and used to have like that like ratty little dog. No puppet. way. Well, obviously, as well, uh, the YouTuber Ollie White was a BBC kids' presenter. Okay. I think it's really, to be fair, like if you're going to go into the entertainment industry, it's a lovely way to start off, isn't it? I mean, the people kind of we often list, like, you know, Fern Cotton, Ant and Deck. They, they... Do you ever stop talking about Fern Cotton? I really like Fern Cotton. She is your favourite person. No, but like Ant and Deck, Cat they've all gone on. Yeah, they're true to have like successful, full-fledged careers. It's such a great kind of a stepping stone. But yeah, I, I've not really experienced much kind of presenting style similar to Neil Buchanan's. Neil was so confident in what he was doing. He mm. knew that was the attraction. He didn't need to fluff it up or anything. No. He was just really secure in what he was doing and it was really nice. It was nice watching him because yeah. he wasn't trying too hard, was he? No. He was just doing it. Like delivering the, the funny lines he had. Yeah, but it, well, yeah, exactly. It was like, you know, he wasn't doing any fake laughing no. or any of that, which you do often get in kids' TV shows. So he did so, so well in that. So Gemma has some tidbits she wants to talk about with the, the paper mache. I mean, it's head. a load of rubbish. I've read I the articles. I don't paper mache, actually. What even would you call it's a it? It is a puppet. It's a puppet, oh, it's but a puppet. it looks like a stone. Oh, wow. So you might all remember the head from Art Attack. It looks like um, Neil Cannon. Or was it meant to be Neil Buchanan? I don't think it does, though. I Maybe it, it does, does a little bit. And it was always a bit creepy, like a bit scary looking. And um, he's the kind of one there to kind of help you along. And that, he's kind of there morph. Well, he recounts what Neil's just yeah. done. There was an article that went viral. Like the independent posters. This isn't just Daily Star, Daily Mail stuff. Like other okay. newspapers so this is, uh, legit. run a story saying like, OMG, like Art Attack was actually really smutty. Can I just ask something? Did the independent was, was, put OMG? No, was the headline didn't. actually OMG, comma, like? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. The Daily Stars was. Um, no, I think that might have been the mirrors, actually. Saying that, oh, it actually had the word sex carved into the head in his hair. And like, it doesn't. Well, you told me that. Was we watched what they it. Written. We watched it and neither it of us saw that. And also, it wasn't actually stone. That's showing them like believing... <laughs> it's like an actual stone head because like oh it was carved into the stone it's like it's a puppet it's not made from stone it's meant to be like a gargoyle so hang on a minute a newspaper didn't report the facts i know what i know isn't that shocking unbelievable what did you think of the theme tune i loved it absolutely loved it it brought back so much joy it's really funny because the theme tune's so upbeat and then neil was just like really soft and soothing so it was a funny mix yeah and also, um, Neil actually, he I think he left school with hardly any like O levels, and he got um, rejected from art school. Oh well, two fingers to art school then. Him and his own TV show. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think he ended up going back because I think it was like a Liverpool, like I think it was like John Lennon sponsored some sort of art college there, and he ends up going back there and doing talks there occasionally. Oh. But yeah, I think you know we all kind of thought associate him with the show, and I think rewatching it rightly so he does such a good job on it he made it so watchable now when we rewatched it as adults and the fact that he was like the one writing it as well and creating most of kind of the artworks that's mm. very impressive from him i think it's lovely well done neil yeah I, I mean on the whole i would give the show i preferred it now actually to as a kid as a kid i didn't i used to watch it but because i, I was so bad at art it used to really frustrate me and annoy me because he would make it look like it's really easy and sometimes I did buy the stuff or my mum and dad did and because I was so bad I just got annoyed of it so I didn't really 
stick it on that often because sometimes I would buy the PVA glue and all that kind of stuff and it would always just be a mess and then it would take ages to tidy up and my mum would get annoyed at me. I preferred it now because I accept now that I'm rubbish at art and will never be able to do it. So mm. I just appreciate what he's doing and encouraging kids to do it. I think it's really nice. We kind of obviously didn't watch it with the intentions of making something at the end of it. I enjoyed it then. I had the Art Attack annual. I was always really oh. into it. And I, yeah, really enjoyed it more now. I think I appreciate Neil more now and just yeah. thought the format and the kind of range that they did as well, like, you know, painting. And it wasn't, you obviously did the landscape where it's just drawing, but then you had kind of the painting, 3D one, you had kind of clay work. It was a very, very good mix. And I think now it's such an important show now for children at the moment. And, you know, if you're kind of, if, you know, we had kids and we were homeschooling them, we would definitely kind of be like popping on our track, old and new. Well, yeah, I'm happy to hear that it's surviving in some form yeah, on Disney, Disney Channel. Junior. So that's nice. He did it for 17 years. Yeah, that's a long time. That is a really, well, he's now, he's gone back to being a musician. That is what he's doing now. And he is still obviously. And a, he's an artist. I was going to say he is a, a legitimate artist as well but he was so good he's the best tv presenter we've watched in this whole i'd go along podcast with that series yeah yeah i'd go along with that definitely but we haven't watched smtv live no. and we haven't watched smart no. there's a few things we need to tick off first before we can give yes. him that award oh my god we should do remember this awards yeah we should maybe at the end of the year we could just make oh my god and we could like if it we if he won we could like make him an art what, attack like crazed stalkers find his address him. and send him an award <laughs> send in a box. him an award we've painted it's like Gemma and Matt <laughs> age 26 and 29 well 28 sorry and next up we are delving into the weird world of Jigsaw um would you like to introduce Jigsaw Matt Banana Man leaps into action in 15 minutes first we piece together our Jigsaw <laughs> Jigsaw is a BBC show aimed at children between the ages of four and seven that combined elements of puzzle solving and entertainment and it was broadcast from the 16th of July 1979 until 1985. Written and directed by Clive Doig. The show was presented by mime artists Adrian Headley, Janet Ellis and Jig, a giant floating orange jigsaw piece, voiced by John Leeson. Throughout the show, the presenters and supporting characters came together to solve a number of puzzles. These puzzles would then contribute to one larger conundrum that would be revealed at the end of the show. The viewer was encouraged to take part and solve the puzzles. Adrian Headley went on to bigger and better things and has written and directed many children's TV shows, such as Zap, Thimbles, Big Cook, Little Cook, and even Sooty. But he still does practice mime. Gemma, tell us, why did we watch Jigsaw and what compelled you to want to speak about it? So it was a clip of it was on one of those like top 100 kids TV shows, sort oh, of yeah, shows you from like that. Channel 5. That was really good actually, wasn't it? And, uh, and they had Ricky Gervais on there. Yeah, it was a very old kind of copy of it. So we had some people we we oh, don't know. Unfortunately, aren't. Yeah, and then the we also had some anymore. like Ant and Deck were on there. Ricky Gervais was on there, but this was back before they'd really hit the big times. So it was interesting seeing their viewpoints. But um, Jigsaw was mentioned and um, they showed some clips of it. And obviously it's so strange and very kind of nightmarish, a lot of their characters that they created, that I was like, I need to find out more about this. I think there's so many elements of this TV show that are baffling. 
and make no sense. We watched it as adults and could not comprehend what happened. And the, but the concept, I love the concept. So to play along, each character gives clues to a letter. So there's six letters. Before you do that as well, each character's within their own segment. So it's yeah. like you're in a normal room where you're in a studio you're in a studio with the boxes which represent each letter Mm -hmm. and then for each letter you go away into a different vt Mm -hmm. and in that vt they reveal what that letter is or you've got to try and figure it out so it's six letters so it's six characters and then it doesn't even spell out the letter to you it then is like an anagram for another letter we didn't even get all the letters there was one letter we literally like we don't understand how we're meant to figure out what is this what is happening? We did actually get it in the end. Yes. Well, you did. Actually. I did, didn't I? Yeah, Someone like, did. I think I know what it is. But I really do enjoy that concept. And I'm surprised it hasn't really been kind of reformatted today, especially with the love now of like escape rooms and these sort of things. And this is the only show that I've heard of where it is that puzzle element where it's kind of salt and it's educational as well. Because obviously it's teaching you spelling, different letters. So I do think the concept, I was like, that's really clever, but they just did it in such a strange, strange way. Yeah, like the, I mean, so you've got live action stuff here where you've got characters who, like the the first one, they're in a school and it's a German school for some reason. And it's all these British people putting on incredibly like was it allo allo where they do all the bad stereotypes and they do an incredibly not offensive but just over the top german accent yeah and she's kind of wearing like a sexy kind of german outfit and then it's so the first letter her letter was c and hers was quite um kind of there's a lot of innuendos in it there's a lot of sexual innuendo and i was like this is aimed at four to seven year olds it was one of those things where you just sort of think I don't know if it was just it's the 70s. I don't know. But I don't understand how this like, got made. <laughs> because none of it made sense. And we like, like I love, you know, it might be shooting stars. I like shows that sometimes don't make sense. But considering this is like meant to be educational. Well, I loved actually, because on the YouTube video we watched, it was the original kind of like programming. So yeah. you got to hear what was going to be on afterwards. Because this is before we had TV guides where you could exactly. press the button to see what So it was really had. interesting seeing what else was on the schedule. And yeah, this was 15 minutes. And it did go quite quickly, to be it fair did. to it. I mean, a lot happened. It was very bizarre. So, so her letter was C. And it was quite a simple setup where it was, I want you to tell me the third letter of the alphabet. So there's one school kid who's like, but it's a man pretending to be a school child who was like oh it's p is the third letter in the word alphabet and it's oh, like Haha, yeah. no and then someone's like oh no c and then she's like see what what am i looking at and it was like that little joke yeah, there was a lot of puns it was very like tim vine would have liked it to be fair so that one at least we kind of like we got the letter as yeah. people in their late 20s we were like okay yeah. maybe a seven-year-old or five-year-old even can as well and then the next one there's Mr. The, the infamous Mr. Nosy Bonk. So he is kind of what most people remember. In their nightmares. In their nightmares. Charlie Brooker featured him a couple of times on Newswipe. As it is, this very nightmarish, masked character with a very, like, goggly eyes and incredibly long, long, long white nose. He wears a black suit and has white gloves on all the time. And he is a mime. He mimes the kind of letters to you. So his one was every 
object he touched with his massive nose ended with the ended letter. Ended with this letter. And it was him and his nosy bonk family going out for a picnic. So it was cake. It was... Gate. He got it stuck gate. in a gate. Yeah. He then hurt it so he had to go on a bandage. Yeah. So... Tissues. Yes. So, but that, that was a strange one. There was another one that was quite hard, which was the letter V, where it just showed you a picture of something. It just showed loads of birds flying, but obviously in a in V, v formation. Well, I didn't, because you thought that was really difficult. You're like, is that a C? And I was like, <laughs> no, but this is the most obvious one yet. Well, I just thought it was going to, something more was going to happen. And it just kept showing this clip of birds flying. And I'm like, and now what? And then was the one we had no idea. It was like a mad scientist playing on, on a weird it, on keyboard weird, machine which somehow then brought a letter up but we, we still don't know how that worked it was our we figured out when we figured out the word but we still have no idea and he, this is a recurring character so this is what he does every week and i don't we don't understand how you figure out what letter it is and it like comes out of like an organ but it like oh, goes it on fire a bit odd. and it like Poo, and you're like what was it and it's like I, we literally could not figure it out the next one was really fun. The next one was the amazing. One? Yeah, it was like the Rocky... It started off as like the Rocky Horror Picture Show where you've got Frankenstein running around. You've got a future lady who yeah, was there. Yeah, I think she's the main character. So the future lady came and she's like, oh, I'm going to show you the next word. Follow me. And then she does like a... Um, so this one, it was... She's doing a rhyme. So the third letter of each rhyming word. And it was all about like ghosts and ghouls. And so she did this like creepy rhyme. Yeah, it it was amazing. If it were if they were all like this, it would have been okay. This one was really cool because they did all of it. You know, it was quite scary, and they had all the but ghouls. Some of them, this they had this witch character which looked like the main horror character from like Insidious. Yeah, that's true. That's, it, it was scary. She was really. It wasn't like oh, a funny little Frankenstein. Like they went for it on the prosthetics. And then at the end, after the letter, they randomly started dancing to thriller. and thriller michael jackson came on they d- i don't know how they afforded the rights to that and they played it for a solid like two minutes that went on that was quite a long segment we enjoyed that one but it was a case of what and then there was a weird gardener guy who got a parcel out and all words in his parcel began with an s so it was like sunflower seeds oh and- yeah no, because his past, he had like a thing and it was called super seeds. Yes. And he was selling them super seeds and each one would grow into a stupid thing because they were getting annoyed at him because he'd be like, oh, well, you know, you got this and that grows into cello tape and weird, wacky things yeah. like that. So we got the S. And then the final one. So we've had all our letters now. Would you like to read them out to see if the listeners at home can sort out the anagram? So we've got a V for the birds, E for the nosy bonk touching thing c as the third letter in the alphabet w um we don't understand how it was oh wait no it wasn't no, w. w what did we think that was the letter we didn't that get that was the one we thought it was it yeah was an we're r. not gonna give you then yeah it turned it out to be an, an r. r and then it was o was the third letter of each rhyming word and s was all the words in the parcel and then what they do to help so the clue is that they show a vt and every there's loads and loads of examples of it and, and there was a tea cozy yeah then there was so, a tablecloth yeah bedspread but also the vt because and i think maybe it's because obviously um we watched this kind of on grainy youtube it's from the 70s so it was just like this they had like i don't even think they had proper music over it really and it was just like it, it looked like someone just gone 
around their home filming <laughs> random objects and then all of a sudden it's being shown on like the bbc oh i mean i still think it looks better than kerry godleman did in afterlife 2 and that one on netflix yeah true so... and a superimposed head <laughs> it wasn't superimposed guys if you watch afterlife 2 there's a scene where ricky's wife is in the lake and she's, she's swimming, swimming and smiling at him and smiling maniacally at him and it literally looks like they've superimposed her face onto someone else's body. It's the strangest thing. She's had to post so many photos of them shooting that to be no, like, and it, no. they've debunked it. It's all true. Like, they did film it, but it was on Ricky's iPhone. And because the contrast was so bad or so strong, it just it, it's bizarre. I think it's where the lake's dirty as well. There's yeah, something it made weird her look tan, on. so her face was very pale. But anyway, sorry, we've digressed. So yeah, it showed this kind of slightly eerie VT of just loads of random items. And it's covers. Because like, they're all covers. And also, they do the thriller cover. Yeah. But then at the end, he then gets like a tablecloth or no, some cling film to put over something. And then like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just covering it, it up. And then it ends. And then you have to wait until the next episode to find out. We, I mean, we're 99.9.9% sure it is covers. I mean, that's some cliffhanger though. But you have to actually wait until the next episode to see if you're right or not. But this was a TV show that neither of us had watched as kids, but we thought it'd be really interesting to look at. We hope you enjoyed it. Matt was not up for this at all. And then when he watched it, he was like, yeah, okay. It was just so weird. It's the weirdest kids TV show. It was fun. It was, I think we watched. It was watched. quite fun trying to figure out all the letters. And then that was, they should do more we things like that We shouldn't have now. found it that fun and that difficult <laughs> as people in their late 20s. Though. We were like, what is it? <laughs> they should bring this back as for adults, maybe. Maybe 70s and 80s kids would love that. I think if you also, you could do good drinking games to that as well. I just can't believe this BBC. If it was like Channel 4, Channel 5, definitely. I'd be like, yeah, we're all right. Yeah, there was no such thing as Channel 5 in 1979. Yeah, true. I just can't believe the BBC commissioned this. It shows so if it's educational, because it is educational. They're like, yep. The theme tune was all right. It was like a four out of ten for me. It was very disturbing and one of the presenters is um sophie ellis bexter's mum there you go there's a good bit of trivia on the whole i think i'd give the show a five out of ten i would give it a bit higher because i like the ambition behind it i'd give it a six or a seven but ask your parents if they watched this because we asked ours and well, no, they, they had never heard of it so our, ki- our parents are like 60s though, aren't they and if it's aimed so. at four-year-olds no. they're not going to be watching in 80 82 1979 yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. So I don't know who to ask. Who do we ask that might have, have watched you... this? Older brothers? No. Who would have watched this? So if you know anyone who's watched this or you've watched us, do email us at rememberthisquestionmark at gmail.com. And that's question mark is in the word because we'd love to kind of hear what because we found it weird and difficult and just very strange experience viewing it as adults. So I can't even imagine mm. my, my young, tiny mind trying to comprehend what just happened. And it was only 15 minutes. So for them to fit in all of that weird stuff <laughs> they did in pack 15 a lot in. minutes is a lot. As I've got a bit more spare time now, I was doing kind of a bit more thorough research for these shows. And there's a kind of a big kind of conspiracy theory about the r- rumor of the hidden tape. Can I just say now? This is a load of rubbish. rubbish. Well, we don't. <laughs> this is, you know, according to the forums, guys, enjoy this little horror story. Um, a light board operator 
said on the 31st of May 1984 he was invited by the designer Clark Andrew to the viewing room as he wanted to air one final episode before it was too late. The screen started and the opening sequence began. By the end of the song it was in complete darkness. Suddenly Nosy Bonk appeared playing miniature golf from a previous episode but the video stopped abruptly and the tape was ejected and he left the room. He then left the building, but then decided to go back. The viewing room was locked, but he got someone to open it. And he put back in the VHS and continued watching it. The tape continued further and a humming had begun. A noisy bonk was sat at a dinner table with a knife. He then put his head onto the table and then it cut to a different scene. And then you could hear murmuring and screams in the background and you could see cast and crew there. And then the tape kind of finished. So he then left the room and the rumours go that these tapes were shown on an obscure channel on 2009. They were also uploaded to YouTube but later removed. And many online threads also claimed there was an alternative series of Jigsaw existed altogether. So what, it was like a horror version or it was like a version for adults? Or? To be fair, watching the show, I do sort of think it was one of those shows where you feel like the adults got a lot more out of it, you know. Mm. And this is kind of around the same time in the 70s, especially um, a lot of TV shows starred like Monty Python actors and characters. And they almost used the platforms of kids TV shows to further their kind of careers and tell their stories mm. because it was slightly easier to kind of crack that industry and then they would kind of practice a lot of their acting style and different tales and children are a lot more receptive it is kind of a known fact that especially in the 70s that was done so I wouldn't be I'm yeah you know that obviously tale is very kind of over the top I wouldn't be surprised if some of the guys who are really into editing the guy who does mime you know if they were like oh we finished filming this scene but we've got the got miniature golf course for a couple more hours Oh, isn't it funny? And, you know, you could see, yeah, you know, true. someone's in this funny costume. Oh, yeah, it'd be funny to do that. And on the BBC, you know, on the taxpayers' money, on their know, time. That's good. You could kind of see it happening. I think um, it's something inside number nine would definitely parody oh, or spoof. Yeah, definitely. An episode. I'm surprised they haven't. Inside number nine, I've done a lot of kind of parodies of different horror films. I'm surprised. I'm actually really surprised as a whole, not many kind of horror and thrillers and dramas have actually tried to kind of parody and enter that world of kids TV. Mm, definitely. Where it does kind of show a slightly darker side to it because, you know, we've, rewatch a lot of kids tv shows now and a lot of them do have these slightly sinister undertones and you could see you know someone who wanted you know you could see kind of similar to kind of you know whacking phoenix joker you know this guy who's a mime artist maybe wanted to be a really famous mime artist and he's not happy that he's just having making it for kids and he wants to make it for adults too and then he does this weird thing i mean he didn't but you could (laughs) see that being a plot for a film definitely and that just about wraps it all up this week's episode of Remember This. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, if you could please go to Apple Podcasts, type in Remember This and give us a rating or a review would also be very nice. Yep. Or an email. We always love to receive your emails. And yeah, if you want to share this podcast, you can You click share and it will go out onto your social media, whichever one you want to choose. Or you could just do it the old fashioned way and copy and paste it and put it somewhere. Or even more old fashioned, you could just tell people on the phone or something like that and say, oh yeah, listen to this, it's a good podcast. We've all got a lot more group chats going at the moment. We've got a lot less to say of what we've been up to. So if you've listened to this and you're catching up with a friend later, say, yeah, oh yeah, let them know. what do you do this morning? I listened to this really great podcast that you'd like and I'll send you the link. Thanks, bye. 
please do. And we'll be back next week with an episode. We hope you're all staying safe and you're staying indoors. And yeah, you will hear from us next Monday. I've been Matthew Benjamin Bentley Viney. Oh, we've never done it like this before. I'm I've been Gemma Bentley Viney. No, you missed a name out. It's a Gemma Bentley Viney. Oh, Gemma Alexandra Bentley Viney. There you go. And you will hear from us next Monday. Bye. Be there or be a triangle. Oh, that is the most cringiest thing you've done in a while. Bye, guys. Bye.